0: Imagine yourself back in the early 1900s. Location? Selma, Alabama, USA. You have just arrived for a psychic reading you booked with a man who has the reputation of reading for people all around the world, including esteemed members of society like the President of the United States. He greets you at the door of his office, and his gentle demeanor immediately puts you at ease. You enter his office space, are welcomed by a lady named Gladys who will record your session by hand, and you are offered a seat across from a couch. The man who will be your connector to the divine begins to loosen his shirt collar, then the laces of his shoes, and lies down on the couch in front of you. You are asked what kind of information you are looking for in today's session before the reading begins. You have some choices but decide to look into your health complaints for today. From there, the room gets quiet and still. Your reader takes some deep breaths and closes his eyes. After a few minutes, you begin to think he has fallen asleep. And that is when he begins talking. His voice is shifted to a neutral and instructive tone. The information he shares is deeply personal in nature. Some pertains to the condition you shared before he went into this sleep state and some he should have no knowledge about at all. You become emotional as you finally feel heard. By the end of your time together, this man has shared the cause and remedy to your health concerns and more than you could ever imagine. Once all the information has flowed through and comes to completion, your reader wakes up. He smiles gently and asked if you are satisfied with today's session, not seeming to recall anything that has just occurred. You feel grateful and ask what you owe for this impactful session, and all he asks for is a donation of your choice. You are overwhelmed with his kindness and gifts, and leave as much as you can. Gladys lets you know that she will type up your session and mail it out at her first opportunity, and your reader walks you to the door out to where you came from, welcoming you back anytime. As the door closes behind you you now know why famous prophet edgar casey is in high demand for his ability to scan the body and connect to the ethers you walk away with this new hope in your heart and answers to your chronic health complaints in part one of my two-part exploration into edgar casey's life i will be sharing what i've learned about the early life of the american prophet and holistic healer. Known as the sleeping prophet and the father of holistic medicine, Edgar Cayce is the most documented psychic in modern history, but it all began when he was a child. Welcome to the Dark Side of Lightwork, I'm Wynne Thornley. In life, I'm a professionally practicing esoteric teacher and channel to the ethers, specializing in demystifying the dark arts and the paranormal. I'm also a supernatural nerd and do a lot of personal research into things that go bump in the night. My fascination with the unknown began when I was a kid, due to having my own misunderstood psychic experiences. I believe my lifelong fascination with the strange and unusual has prepared me for the work I'm called to do now, taking me to places other lightworkers will not go. These experiences have taught me a lot about how many fallacies we are told and actually believe about the world of the unknown. Join me as I share with you what I've learned about the realms of the paranormal, mystics of the past, and places that might make you feel uneasy. I want to lift the veil a little bit and take the Hollywood out of the supernatural and metaphysics. And if you like what you hear, follow along by subscribing and please tell your friends. The Edgar Cayce's Association of Research and Enlightenment also known as ARE, is the end result of Edgar Casey's vision of offering a place for those who want to learn how to expand their consciousness and connection to their holistic well-being. Located in Virginia Beach, Virginia, this nonprofit organization was open in stages, beginning in around 1925. The current property houses all 14,306 documented readings Casey conducted over a 43-year period and includes so much more A.R.E. is home to the second largest metaphysical library with the largest being located at the Vatican members of A.R.E. can check out a selection of over 80,000 books with topics dedicated to spirituality ancient mysteries energy work holistic healing and a lot more of the like also on site are a variety of holistic practitioners One can book a session with a psychic reader, energetic specialist, massage therapist, or even work with the professionals at the on-site hospital that's attached to the building. Alongside to the active practitioners, one can also explore a range of metaphysical courses or attend conferences that are intended to support your personal and spiritual development. They're both online and in-person at this time, with many actually being moved online with the current conditions of our world. With topics that cover connection to spirit, angels, and the Akashic records, A.R.E. also explores the mysteries of Egyptian healing techniques and other secrets from this enigmatic culture from antiquity. By now, you know i love to leave a bunch of links and references in my show notes for you to explore after the episodes are done, and this episode is no exception. I had many books on my bookshelf to reference for this episode with some titles including the edgar casey remedies edgar casey on atlantis and edgar casey on reincarnation i have read through these books many times over the years and always end up learning something new each time i revisit them but it doesn't stop there. As I mentioned before, Edgar Casey is the most documented psychic in our modern history, and there was no shortage of sections referencing Casey and his gifts in many of the books in my collection. So I decided to include some of the most popular works written about Casey in my show notes for you to explore after this episode is over. When I took my search online, again, I was pretty overwhelmed by content. I left you a few links that will get you started on deeper research yourself after this episode ends. And these include web links and some videos that I found personally helpful in my own research with so much to talk about in regards to who Edgar Casey was, his readings and prophecies. I decided to break my exploration of his life into two episodes. In this episode, I will share Edgar Casey's childhood and journey into his adult life. In part two, I will share what I've learned about why Edgar Casey's psychic reading style was so respected and sought after, some of his accurate world predictions, as well as his critics, because you're always going to find some negative press about even the most respected psychics in this world. So to get things started, I will go back to the beginning. Who was Edgar Casey, and what led him to become one of the most recognized psychics of our modern time? Edgar Casey was born on March 18, 1877, to Mother Carrie and Father Leslie. At the time of Edgar's birth, the Casey family lived in a farming community just outside of the hamlet of Beverly, Kentucky. This community is located just south of the larger city center of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. One of six children, the Caseys were a farming family, most likely tending to tobacco as their main crop. As a young child, It was apparent that Edgar was a little bit different than his siblings and his other family members. He became aware of his psychic abilities when he was a child and did not hesitate sharing with others what he was experiencing. He would speak about the times he spent playing with his invisible friends. Friends who he freely shared were spirits from the other side. After his grandfather passed away, he would speak about being able to see him walking the family farm and in great clarity. Being of a religious upbringing, Edgar began attending church by the age of 10 years old. He relished in this time in church and dedicated himself to his Bible studies. It is said that Edgar became so engrossed with the Bible that he had read it about a dozen times by the time he was 12 years old. It wasn't long after this that Casey would have two encounters with spirit that would forever change his life. The year was 1889 and 12-year-old Casey was enjoying time in solitude in his hut that was in the woods on his family's farm. While reading his Bible, he was disrupted in the most unusual manner. He claimed to be visited by a woman with wings. This woman asked Casey what he wanted most in his life. Though he was unsure and a little bit anxious, Edgar told this woman that he would like to help others, and was especially drawn to being in service to the sick children of the world. She told Edgar that his His prayers prayers were were answered, and with that, ending his time with this angelic woman that day. But it wasn't long before she would make herself known to young Edgar again. The following night, he would have his next encounter. It was well known by this time of his life that Edgar was not interested in his school studies. He was not the greatest student, and his teacher finally reached out to his father to express his concerns. Leslie Casey took it upon himself to get his son headed in the right direction with his studies. It was said that Leslie ruthlessly tested his son on his spelling, the first time being the night after Edgar's initial angelic encounter. His father ended up losing his patience with Edgar's performance and struck his son out of his chair. It was documented that at that moment, Edgar psychically heard the woman's voice from the day before. It is said that she whispered to him. She whispered that if he could get sleep a little bit, they could help him. So, Edgar begged his father for some time to rest he just needed a little break and they could start the lessons again his father agreed to this and left his son at the table alone as the story goes edgar placed his head on his spelling book and fell asleep by the time his father came back into the room to wake edgar up something astounding had happened edgar began sailing through his father's testing he got every word correct And so his father began testing him on other parts of this book. Edgar also got those questions, right? Leslie once again knocked Edgar out of his chair, but this time in a full rage, he thought his son was playing a joke on him thinking he knew the answers all along. Though this was not the case, this unique method Edgar discovered with the help of that angelic voice changed how he applied his future studies. Each new textbook he received at school, Edgar would sleep on. By the year 1892, Edgar Casey's teacher regarded him as their best student. Even into adulthood, it was said that Edgar Casey had the ability to absorb the information from any book he slept on, and he would be able to recall the information from any page one asked about with a photographic memory. But there was one more incident of interest from this time in Casey's young life that would foreshadow his future abilities to conduct health diagnosis from a sleep state. Edgar was playing baseball at school one day and was injured quite badly when he was hit at the base of his spine when he took a ball to the back. It was found that he was acting really out of sorts and so his parents took him home and just put him to bed straight away. While sleeping, Edgar said he received the remedy to his injury within a dream. The remedy he received was not really identified in the source that I read, but as the story goes, Edgar told his parents about what they needed to do to cure his ailment. They agreed and decided to give it a try. After preparing all he needed and allowing him to sleep, it was found that Edgar was cured very quickly. His father would then begin boasting that his son was, quote, the greatest fellow in the world when he's asleep, unquote. In the year 1893, the Casey family would uproot and move to Hopkinsville, Kentucky. There, Edgar would finish his school years, which ended in grade 8 for him. The family couldn't afford to send Edgar to the higher grades, and besides, in those times, a grade 8 education was seen as more than sufficient for the child laborers. It was at this time that a teenage Casey would move on to the next stage of his life. Beginning at 16 years old, Edgar entered the workforce and spent the rest of his young years pursuing a variety of employment opportunities. As Edgar tried a variety of job prospects, he remained faithful and consistent with his attendance as a member of the Disciples of Christ Church. Grounded in his faith, Edgar committed to reading the Bible from cover to cover, once a year, for every year of his life. And this is exactly what he did. Although Casey was a devoted Christian, he was also really open to the realms of the occult. As a young adult, he would happily share his abilities to see auras around people and animals and how he would have conversations with angels and departed loved ones. This never seemed to bother Casey since he was confident that these gifts would lead him to helping others in service when the time was right. Along his travels through finding work and attending church, Edgar Casey found the love of his life, a woman named Gertrude Evans. Gertrude and Edgar met in Hopkinsville in the year 1897, and were married by the year 1903. Sources varied on these details, and though I searched quite a bit, there was little I could find about Gertrude before her time with Edgar. She did eventually become the conductor during his psychic readings. But before all that, in the year 1900, Edgar and his father formed a partnership in business and opened up Woodman of the World Insurance. By March of the same year, Edgar became unable to work when he came down with a severe case of laryngitis. Truth be told, this bout of laryngitis lingered for well over a year. This caused Edgar and Gertrude to eventually move in with Casey's parents, until Edgar was able to get back into the workforce. It was this unusual health event that led Casey into pursuing his love of photography. He would approach the photography studio of W.R. Bowles in Hopkinsville, where Bowles agreed to take Casey on as his apprentice. Over time, Casey would develop quite a talent at early photography and was able to form a career doing what he loved without having to use his voice. It wasn't long after Casey began photography that this loss of voice would then change. In the year 1901, Edgar Casey would find himself acquainted with a traveling stage hypnotist and entertainer with the last name of Hart. His stage name was actually listed as Hart the Laughing Man, but I couldn't find any other information about this traveling hypnotist outside of what I'm about to share with you. Hart heard about Casey's bout of laryngitis and was eager to help cure this ailment of Casey's through his use of hypnosis, so Hart reached out to Casey and Edgar decided to give his method a try. Edgar, Hart and a local throat specialist named Manning Brown all decided to meet at Brown's office to conduct a hypnosis session. Something strange occurred during this session. Edgar's voice came back, but only while he was in a hypnotic trance. As soon as he came back to full consciousness, again, Casey was without his voice. Hart decided to put Casey under again and tried a post-hypnotic suggestion that Edgar's voice would continue to function in his waking state. However, this proved to be unsuccessful. After this attempt, Edgar would reach out to two other hypnotists. One was from New York, a Mr. John Duncan Quackenboss, and, and the other was a local of Hopkinsville, a hypnotist professional named L. Lane. Quackenboss Boss had very much the same results as Hart and suggested Casey work long-term with a local hypnotist, and this is what led Casey to seeking Lane's services. After a few sessions together, Lane and Casey began making some progress. It was one of the last sessions together where Casey began using commands while under hypnosis that he would later use in his professional psychic readings. One being calling himself The Entity and the second was announcing we have the body 20 minutes into this productive session with Lane while still in a hypnotic state mind you Casey was able to diagnose the reason for his laryngitis and offered a cure he then declared that this session was now over upon fully awakening Edgar had finally regained his voice There were relapses for a short time after this last big session, and Lane suggested Casey use the remedies he himself offered within his trance-like state. This was the key, and as Casey used the remedies that were, again, absent from the source that I found, his laryngitis was apparently cured for good. By the end of 1901, Edgar had solved his problem of laryngitis, and Lane recognized Casey's clairvoyant gifts while in a hypnotic state. It was Al Lane who had first suggested Edgar use his ability of clairvoyance and offer his gift to the public. This is where I will close down this episode, as there is much more to discuss in Edgar Casey's life past this point. In part two of my exploration of Edgar Casey's life, I will cover the years Casey gave in service to the public, his most famous predictions that actually came true, his critics, and his lasting legacy that is still active today. Thank you so much for popping by and spending time with me today. I really appreciate you being here. I am excited to see an increase in loyal listeners and I would just love to hear your feedback. The Dark Side of Lightwork is where I'll be exploring topics of the strange and unusual that I have long researched. My intention is to bring light to the darker subjects that others shy away from in spirituality and the paranormal. Show topics will include mysterious places, infamous hauntings, stories of the unusual, and psychics from recent history and antiquity like Edgar Casey, I invite you to leave me a message at my Anchor FM page letting me know how you like it. You can also share your personal experience with a show topic or even share a show idea. I listen to each message and may include your idea or recording in a future episode. Since I'm an independent podcast host and producer, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, a follow on Spotify, or a review where you're listening to me right now would really help others find my show. Any kind of sharing is caring in my mind, and I'm just glad that you're here. Outside of my podcast platforms, you can find me in my Patreon community and social media by searching for The Dark Side of Light work with Win Thornley. If you like bonus content, I invite you to join my exclusive Patreon community, Your contribution helps with the growth and expansion of the Dark Side of Light work, and I have lots of exclusive content available for my loyal Patreons, with extra content relating to show topics, bonus recorded meditations, and two virtual haunted trips already being uploaded for you. Any support is welcome, and I feel grateful for all the support I've already received. Thank you so much. For those who are interested in exploring their own psychic and empathic gifts, I opened up the Dark Arts Schoolhouse in 2021 just for you. There, you can find comprehensive courses built for the sensitives of this world. And though you are learning independently, you will never be alone, as I offer lots of support during and after the courses. Thank you once again for listening until the end. I look forward to dropping part two of my exploration into Edgar Casey's life soon. So until then, take good care.